on this episode of Harvard Business Beat. Mid-Atlantic Photographic is a commercial photography company, and what we generally do is connect customers to companies and companies to customers through visual assets. That like means that. <laughs> <laughs> that means we use uh, still photography, videography, aerial photography, um, uh, and, and any, anything in between uh, in, of those mediums to connect companies to their customers. Welcome to Hartford Business Beat, featuring members of the Hartford County Chamber of Commerce, sponsored by Hartford County Living, bringing you all the good positive news, businesses, events, organizations, people, and just everything great here in Hartford County. Go to HartfordCountyLiving.com and find out more. I'm your host, Rich Bennett. Let's go meet some members of the Chamber. So today we are sitting here with two people from Mid-Atlantic Photographic. I got to do it. Robin and Bill Summer. Oh. <laughs> I just had to. <laughs> Robin Summer and Bill Ripper. <laughs> you are a jokester. And, and nothing, I can tell nothing came flying uh, at me. So uh, I'm lucky. Uh, Woo. Uh, Natalie told too, me to do too it. Too old to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Natalie's fault. She kicked me on her table. Like, <laughs> so mid-atlantic photographic explain everybody real quick well your elevator pitch what you guys do what it is mid-atlantic photographic is a commercial photography company and what we generally do is connect customers to companies and companies to customers through visual assets that like means that. <laughs> that means we use uh still photography videography aerial photography um, uh, and and any anything in between uh, in, of those mediums to connect companies to their customers. The, the nature of our business is that we do everything from small product to aerial. So if a client or customer comes to us and says, we need a particular whatever it is mm-hmm. for our branding purposes, marketing, generally we can fit the bill and sitting down with a customer ahead of time and finding out what they want or sometimes they have no clue what they want our job is to educate them if they want to proceed from that point then we design a program for them okay so basically you guys can take a picture of anything anything just about anything <laughs> so how when did you guys start well, okay. Do we really want to say? Well, let me, let me put it this way, Rich. We uh, combined as a business have 80 years experience in the professional photography industry. And, wow. And I was very young when Robin started. <laughs> this is when things are going to start flying at someone's head. <laughs> now, Bill is, Bill is a second-generation photographer. His okay. father, Bill Retberg, had... Um, started in the commercial photography business in Baltimore City long, long, long ago. Um, 1948. Yep, 1948. Really? Yeah. And had studios on, in Govins, um, in Jop, on Joppa Road, mm-hmm. um, Bill West. Martin's West. Bill wow. um, ran those studios for many, 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 many years. And um, in 1987, started his own business. And when it's one of the very first people, um, uh, not just as a photographer, but as a business owner, who started a home-based business in the 
late 80s, 80s, it was not common at all no. to have a home-based business. People thought you couldn't uh, be successful that way. Right. So everything was brick and mortar. You had studios so people could come see you. But Bill created a whole new way of of um, selling and um, meeting with customers, finding them. And he met actually in their home with samples and um and, and that's how he started his business. And it, it was very, very successful. And that started in Hartford County in wow. Bel Air. And the, uh, the, the thing that uh, I, I can't take credit for the idea solely on my own. I actually got the idea from Domino's Pizza when they, huh? when <laughs> they first started with the home delivery. Right. And I started thinking, go to people's homes, go to people's homes. And then I said, why can't I sell weddings that way? And that's what made it so successful that I actually sat down with the people in their homes and the booking rate was off the chart because right. I sat down. And if I had to stay there an hour and a hour and a half, I'd sit there and talk with them. And that's how I built it, one wedding at a time from that point. And then, uh, and then the rest uh, is history, as they say. <laughs> so when you started, it wasn't commercial. You were I, doing weddings. I was doing commercial photography. I was also a photographer in the Air Force. So uh, I, I so had. So you were the, in the Air Force too? Uh, yes. Oh, I, thank I, you for I, your service. Uh, you're certainly welcome. Um, I had the benefit of being a photographer there as well, so I count wow. that as part of my time because it was more aerial reconnaissance photography, but it taught me a, a lot of things. I didn't go to college, so that was my college Right, is how I always looked at it. And uh, On-the-job training, baby. Uh, it was, uh, hey, at government expense. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. but uh, I've always been in photography, and even in, as a kid, I started in the dark room. Uh, being in a family business, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, start with a family um, literally the old things you see of people standing at the enlarger in the dark and all that's how I started. Yeah. Do you miss that? I do. We were just talking about <laughs> we, that. We were just talking uh, about yesterday. that. Both of us did I that. I said, I, you know, one thing I really miss is the, the doing mm-hmm. the uh, magic in yeah, the yeah. dark room. Whether you see the picture come up, you don't know what we're talking about, do you, Natalie? <laughs> I know. That was, that was a bit before my time, unfortunately. But the picture made okay. it cool. In a museum. That's okay. It, it was before you could see the picture in the back of the camera. On yes, the exactly. <laughs> Even when I started, I started in 1992. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not my first um, profession. I was a speech language pathologist before this. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so I worked mostly at Maryland School for the Blind, United Cerebral Palsy, Kennedy Krieger Institute. But then I met this guy and realized that my dream of owning my own business, my own bringing up my own artistry, that um, that it was going to be possible, and so I started working my way out of one profession and into the other. But I went to Hartford Community College, mm-hmm. and um, under the tutelage of not only my husband, the great Bill Retberg. <laughs> I, pay I was waiting for her. I pay for that. I was one. waiting for her to say Bill Summer. <laughs> <laughs> not only his tutelage, but um, I started studying under uh, Jack Radcliffe at. Harford Community College, who was a, in a fantastic, uh, well-known fine art photographer. Mm-hmm. And at, at that time, everything was in black. You know, we did black and white. Yeah. I was in the dark room, just as Bill started out. And that magic of using your hands to dodge and burn, and um, it, it was just, it was magical. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Bill in, um, was a trained photographer as well. He's a very famous trained photographer and has, we've donated thousands and thousands and thousands of his original 
prints that he created in those dark rooms, in wow. that dark room to the National Archives. So Really? Mm-hmm, and to different um, museums groups. and historical yeah. groups across the country. So those days of creating actual, uh, creating things on paper mm-hmm. that were going to last and last and last, those are, are actually um, pieces of history and museum mm-hmm. pieces to see in themselves. Yeah. You know, the 60-year-old paper with the, the image that you created all those years ago. So for those of you listening that are Natalie's age and younger, it used to be back in the day, back in the day, you know, now I'm not talking about as old as me where, you know, the photos were me carving it out on the cave wall, uh, but you had film. Film was this thing that went into the camera. <laughs> and you, but I, I do, I miss that so Well, it's much. making a resurgence. It's in popularity. We, um, when we got rid of, when we went digital mm-hmm. and, um, and left all behind all of our Hasselblads and Bronicas and Mamias and those cameras that we had. We donated them to mostly to Towson University mm-hmm. because did you keep them. No, we did not. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We did not. Yeah. We had no use for them anymore. We yeah. we have mm-hmm. um, we have one. They, oh, we kept, a speed, we kept a speed graphic, which which is the great big huge. The sheets of film are four inches it, by five inches. It was the camera they used in World War Two. Mm-hmm. Most of the photographs wow. you see from World War Two were taken with a speed graphic. Wow! And when I first started, I hate to admit this, that photographers were still using speed graphics to do weddings. So oh that'll my. Uh, that'll date me. Date you. <laughs> <laughs> But there, there is a bit of a resurgence. They, yeah. these, these kids were just over the moon to get our equipment. And we, we gave them a lot of equipment. Um, we held on to some rolls of film just for yeah. posterity's sake. Um, and just to be able to show sometime later down the road, this is what a roll of film looked like <laughs> for professionals back then. But um, I, and I even think some of the um, film companies have picked back up on uh, Kod- producing Kodak film. Kodak is actually making Kodachrome film again, which is a slide really? film. Really? Uh, yeah, there's a there's a niche market for it right now, and they're picking up on it again. So they're kind of gone full cycle, and uh, are actually making some films again. Uh, I don't know why anybody would do it other than for art's sake, uh, for practical use. I don't think it's it's there anymore. But at the same, you, you know what? In a way, it doesn't surprise me because I've had some people on here that do film, mm-hmm. you know, movies. Mm-hmm. And one of well, the things they love doing is the, the sixteen millimeter or thirty-two yeah, millimeter, absolutely, mm-hmm. because it's just a different. Well, look, it has a different Quentin feel Tarantino and quality. Does it a lot, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it the has a different feel of to different, it. You got that vintage feel, in a way. It, it's like baseball it, and radio. It, when it, we went to FM, it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the, the the thing too when you get involved in, in um, photography, that the advantage I thought we always had, me, uh, even Robin, with all her. Fortunately, she trained on the film end of the business, so it gave her a much better creative eye. Because, frankly, we always shot and didn't see what we did for days later. I processed all my own film. So I would shoot three or four weddings on a weekend, and everybody said, don't you get nervous? Aren't you scared that you didn't get something? I said, no, I knew what I was doing. But uh, you still like to see those images on the rolls of film on Monday morning, (laughs) trust me. But uh, uh, a lot of photographers would not touch weddings and all because they didn't want the stress. Uh, they would stay in commercial because uh, the wedding industry, 
uh, <laughs> it's changed a lot, obviously, with yeah. digital. But at the same time, you still you, there's no safety net on a wedding. I always used to call it the mash photography of wedding, uh, mash photography. Because just like if you ever watch the television show MASH, uh-huh. everything has to be done on the spur of the moment. you got to do what's there with what you've got. Uh, that's how wedding photography is. It, it, every, it, people say, don't you get tired of them? I said, not as long as people are getting married. <laughs> because <laughs> they were, made it interesting. <laughs> sure you were doing a th- three to four weddings a weekend? Oh, I was doing that. At my peak, I shot anywhere from 75 to 100 weddings a year. Personally. Good Lord. Yeah, so and we had other photographers, so I had our company was shooting. Yeah, a lot. well, that was going to be my next question because I know a lot. You know, with wedding photography, it's hard if you do it yourself if you're the only photographer there. It's a uh, it um, it's always had its share of stress, mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, for years and years, it was a very lucrative business. And it really started uh, shifting back in the recession, 2008, 2009. Yeah. A lot of discretionary income disappeared, which made us pivot. Uh, mm-hmm. We went back, and I went back to roots of commercial photography. And by 2015, we were ready to make a shift. I dropped, my name was, uh, the name of my business was Positive Images by Redberg, which was associated with weddings. Mm-hmm. Robin had Images of Summer, which was associated, she handled the portrait end of the business. Uh, children's portraits, family portraits, and both mm-hmm. of us had very lucrative businesses at the right. same time, but everything kind of started slipping down, and we'll be frank about it, started slipping down during that recession. And I said to Robin about 2011, 2012, we're going to have to shift back. And commercial photography with branding and things were just coming online. It wasn't even called branding at that point. Right. But people were starting to pick up because of websites and, and social media in general was starting to rise up yeah. as an advertising uh, avenue. And uh, we just caught the tide. We, we caught well, the crest I of the wouldn't, wave. I wouldn't say caught the crest of the wave. I would say um, that Bill's always been a visionary as far as marketing and and looking at the future. Mm-hmm. And even, even from what I just said about um, starting a home-based business, he looks to the future. And um, this is why we uh, are so – we're such a good team, I think, because he looks at the great big future picture. Right. And I figure out how to get us there along Ooh. together yeah together but we are a, are a good team in that way and when uh, and we had to be because when you started uh when we started uh, leaving behind the names that we were so well known for mm-hmm. and to, and saying we're going to put aside all of our the goodwill all the notoriety the things that we um, that pe- the ways that people knew us to create a new entity. We were going to change our name. We we're going to change our focus. That took a lot of courage, right. I thought, mm-hmm. but um, it also took vision, and um, that was Bill's vision. And and then it took a lot of um, really good hard work and networking and going back to our marketing and branding roots for ourselves to get that that name started and get it out there, and so people knew what we were doing. So how would you come up with the name? Well, we we for commercial photography, we work from uh, New York to northern Virginia. Wow. And so it's the Mid-Atlantic region. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we wanted Mid-Atlantic in our name. And we wanted the name Mid-Atlantic Photography. That name, um, the, the, web, the name, the, what, the DNS, 
The domain yeah, name. The domain the name. name. The yeah. domain name was taken, and then it was not taken, and then it was taken. <laughs> and right in that one little period of time when uh, someone had given it up and then somebody bought it again or, you know, <laughs> grabbed it up, we couldn't grab it. So, uh, for better or worse, we came up with the name Mid-Atlantic Photographic. Uh, people call us Mid-Atlantic Photography all the time. That's not us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what is it? it is a, um, it's, a, it's a company that specializes in photographing bodybuilders. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Mid-Atlantic photography. Yeah. You wouldn't yep. think those two would go together. You wouldn't but. think those two would go together, but uh, they do. But if you wow. if you see um, a weightlifter with great backlighting, that's not our that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but so Mid-Atlantic photographic was um, what we settled on for better or worse. Yeah. There there was a little spit of uh, in between there because. Um, we started, uh, one of the things that got us back in the commercial was we started looking at the bed and breakfast industry Ooh. and realized that they were really hungry always for good photography because they needed to be educated, a lot of more mom and pop operations. Right. But we said, you know, you need good photography because this is what people are looking at. And some of them, it was awful because they were taking it themselves and the rooms looked <laughs> dark. And I said, this would not entice me to stay there and we like bed and breakfast we would yeah. go to them we were so travelers we had an inside interest in it and we would say to these people you know you ought to think about having your place photographed professionally so what happened was we a little side business that we had even when our two businesses were running was called mid-atlantic in photography and we started going to their conventions and things like that and uh we, and we became quite successful at it but it's mm -hmm. time consuming because we, you'd have to go and you'd have to stay generally overnight because mm -hmm. wherever we were. And uh, even though we tried, like, all get out to have people have their places ready mm -hmm. and say, they never you got to have your rooms ready, you got to have this, you got to have that, you got to have no wrinkles in your bed, and blah, 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 blah. It didn't matter. Sometimes we'd sit there for two or three hours while they were doing all the things we asked them to have right. ready for us. And uh, it got time consuming but the thing that also let us do was practice food photography which oh. i had been out of for a long time that's an art isn't it it's an art it's unto itself great. and i knew how to do it but i hadn't done it for many years so the beauty of that was it we got back into that and we shot stuff for like water's edge and all mm -hmm. uh, when we did all their things but the the basic training again for that was in um, the bed and breakfast because they'd have to prepare all their dishes and we would photograph them as part of their website. And then right. I ate everything. And then, we, then because <laughs> because the because the great. inn was closed, there was nobody. There were no guests, obviously, because yeah. we had a photograph. So we'd do it during the middle of the week sometime. But then they'd have four or five entrees there and all this stuff, and we had to eat it. <laughs> it's called a perk. <laughs> So you guys strictly do commercial now? All, strictly commercial, yes. Rob, Robin's more the, the, the people end of the business now. Um, right. I hit the burnout phase on weddings about five, six years ago. I said, I'm going to do I'm gonna do things. So I went with the construction industry, the remodeling product, product. all that. Right. And Robin's pretty much the people photographer now. And people think, oh, you know, she's got all the personality. I said, I used all my personality up on weddings. I'm done. <laughs> I, <laughs> I said, I want things that don't talk back to me. <laughs> well, I, the, the reason I ask that, because I, I, you know, when you mentioned the food, and I think this is where a lot of businesses don't understand how important 
those professional photos are. Oh, my God. Every time I look at a menu and the stuff is all... Uh, Stock photos. Green, horrible. Congealed yeah. looking. Horrible. And I'm thinking, this would not entice me to eat here no. at all. But when you see a menu, and I'll give people Denny's, they do good photography. Mm-hmm. They on, do. And I always say, I look at that and I say, yeah, I would like that. But I look at some of these menus, these people, and you want to just tell them, you are in the food business. But until people actually try what you want, uh, what you have, not, they look at a picture and say, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll look at something right. else. Because <laughs> it, it looks like dog food on a plate. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you said, they're in the food business, not the photograph business. Yeah. And yeah. that makes a big difference. That's why, you know, that as, well, businesses need to work with other businesses. Yeah, that's why we're chamber members. Succeed, we understand that. Right. <laughs> we do understand that. I it just, I never understood that. Some of these, and you're right, some of these menus I look at, it's like, yeah, I don't think I want that. Yeah. And it's not yeah. just food. There, I mean, they, oh, it's everything. it's buildings and and oh, um, yes. photography of their people and photography of the products that they make. It, it, to 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 want to buy something or to understand what someone is selling, you need mm-hmm. to see it, and it needs to be represented in its best light. So, that's what that's what we do, <laughs> and well, and that's what we try to do for I, businesses. Because I love looking at photos of buildings. You know, when I was working down in D.C., one of the things I loved the best was just looking at the architecture. Architecture, mm-hmm. yeah. But Beautiful. you can have two photos of the same building, mm-hmm. and one, you're not seeing the architecture as good as, as you would in the mm-hmm. professional one. Mm-hmm. It's mostly lighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be done at the right times of day. You just don't go down and shoot a building. We dealt with that. Uh, we worked with a company that uh, had 47 storage places all through everything where from virginia all the way up through into maryland and mm-hmm. uh i don't think we went into pennsylvania we didn't go into pennsylvania it's all um, maryland virginia but we photographed every one and every one had to be laid out in a certain way because of the lighting at certain times mm-hmm. of the day you had to make this building and some of them weren't in the best looking spots but you had to make it look that way right so uh, it, it's you're correct. You can shoot the same building three different ways, and it'll look three different ways. Uh, but you have to make it look its best if they're hiring you to, because that's what they want. They and want Google building. Earth is great for that. We, when we are, when we're photographing architecture, and we can't necessarily drive to New York or yeah. New Jersey to to scope out the site to begin with, we um, rely on uh, Google Earth see where the sun is. to see where the mm-hmm. sun is and determine what part of the day we need to be there. So, and usually that works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we wait for kind of the sweet light to come around. And um, and perspective is also a big part of right. the photography of buildings, which is where our aerial photography comes in. Sometimes the really the best way to photograph a building is from 20, 40 feet above its roof line. So, and, you know, looking down on it. So Bill is a, an FAA certified pilot um, for... Um, UASs, unmanned. What is it? An unmanned aerial. What's the S part? Uh, I can't say that on air. Oh, <laughs> you mean a drone? A drone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a drone for everybody out there. UAS, UAV, whatever you want yeah, to call them. Uh, right. It's a drone. A quadcopter. <laughs> so we have several. We have several of them, and we use them for. We will use one of them for um, video mm-hmm. because it has. It seems to have a. a uh, um, it's got a better camera. Yeah, it's got a better camera for that. And then we'll um, really? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do have different cameras, and and I don't know if you necessarily know that until you get the the um, drone up in the air and you start working with it. Mm-hmm. But we have discovered that um, one of our drones has great video, and the other drone has great still photography. So we'll we wow. go back and forth with our drones depending on what we need. Now, with those, can you actually add different cameras to them? The newer drones, you can. Uh, okay. For our purposes, we stayed away from that. We can do a lot in post-production to correct uh, things like distance and all. Right. As long as it's shot right initially, that's the key to get your initial image or initial video in the right format at its maximum um, capability, and then you can work with it in post-production. But uh, to answer your question, though, there are a lot of drones now where they actually, you can attach different cameras to them, uh, different lenses and all. Uh, for our what we do, we don't need that capability. We can, right. we can handle a lot of it behind the scenes. Did you think when you first got into this field, it would be as advanced as it is now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I was excited when I saw the first color roll of film. <laughs> I said, look, they're making film in bigger sizes. It's not in those little canisters anymore. And I saw that. I'm dating myself again here. It's just amazing. I mean, the changes. Yeah, incredible. The drones have added a lot Incredible. And now you're seeing, I guess it would be drones too if it travels on the ground. Or the RV cars or whatever that you're seeing the cameras on. Oh, the RC cars that run around with their camera on them. Yeah. Well, we... Uh, we have steady cams that when we need to run behind something or move fast, yeah. um, we can put it on um, a longboard, you know, like a skateboard. Get out of here. Sure can. And, and so that's another camera that's in our arsenal is um, the latest one. It's a DJI Action 3, which is kind of like it looks like if you think GoPro, but it's got more capability. And so we have started to use that in, um, for B-roll, slow motion time lapse um for running <laughs> for you know going behind things uh, quickly for for motion uh it's it's pretty cool i'm afraid to ask this question you said it so i'm gonna ask okay you. how now big is your arsenal well it's not as big as it used to be when we were mm-hmm. shooting weddings we mm-hmm. had i i 15 or i don't know 20 uh, Bronicas and all the equipment because on every job, even now, we have triple backups on every job we go on. So we have we won't have just um, we're we're Canon shooters. We won't have one Canon Mark uh, four. four. <laughs> yeah, I know my equipment. <laughs> Mark four. We won't have one. Uh, Canon will have three of the same. We won't have one drone. We have both right. um so that's just um the way i keep from having hair as gray as bill's <laughs> <laughs> it's arctic blonde <laughs> <laughs> blonde i remember yeah. that frozen in time <laughs> yes so now when you guys because you're not doing the dark room anymore what software are you guys using well we're um we uh we we use photoshop, photoshop um okay. for the most part yep i guess that's we, a big one that everybody loves so. well but, lightroom uh, is lightroom is, yeah no, lightroom is popular too use lightroom a lot yeah. more okay um photoshop has every capability that we need uh, yeah. and yes. we can you, you we have plugins too 
the actual programs that plug into Photoshop that we can use for specific. Robin's got a fantastic uh, portrait. Uh, the, the portrait software is incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, it is. I mean, it even blows my mind every time I watch her use it because she can make she can make you look good, Rich. I mean, That's, yeah. stretch that, it that, that far. would be a miracle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she is a miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> it all starts with the portrait, though. I right. mean, you yeah. can't. We we our our idea. We we think that people are beautiful the way that they are. And no matter what you look like, if you're photographed properly to begin with, mm -hmm. corrective lighting, um, you know, just interacting with the person to make to bring out their best self, mm -hmm. to get them relaxed, um, to get natural smiles, whatever we do after that enhances that. I always tell people that my retouching at the um, of the portraits that they select and headshots will make them look like they had their best night's sleep. They are um, well-rested, well-fed, happy, and relaxed. So it's like one of their best days. But right. it doesn't make them look like a mannequin or the, like, something that they're not. And I'm glad you just said that. Headshots. Explain to everybody, you know, especially business, I would say your whole staff, how important a professional headshot is. Robin is the uh, queen of headshots. I'll throw that in, but I'll let her talk about it because that is her end of the business. I like that. Queen. You can keep, you can keep yeah, that. She's, you she's really my are. queen, too. <laughs> I like that even better. Uh, headshots are, it's, it's kind of funny because um, when, uh, I guess, social media started, I, I'm not even sure what year I would would put it in that became that it, that, it, that it got onto everybody's radar, you know, yeah. because when um, Facebook started and um, and websites and things, mm -hmm. people were still allowing the 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 shadow figure to be their figure. They were yeah, that, they that, were that, not that was comfortable. That yes. I think really yes, triggered people into the That's headshot. True. I just want to add that in because yep. I think LinkedIn yeah. was the key. Yeah, people really became to understand that your customers can't trust you cr or create a relationship with you or even remember you unless they've seen you. Right. Um, because you can read about a company online, but if you see a beautiful image or a, a, um, a very um, natural image of the person that owns that company mm -hmm. looking right at you or doing whatever it is that they, they do for their company, you remember it a whole lot better. Yeah. And now you feel like you know that person or you know that company. So that early on was something that I spent a lot of time marketing and teaching people and writing articles. And um, it, it was my elevator pitch like right. every week <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but as time has gone on, I think people have really come to that understanding that people connect with companies that they feel like they can trust, they can relate to, and that is all about um, relating to the person that owns it or the person that works there mm -hmm. or the person that's on the other end of the phone. So, um, and, and I feel like us, our job is to make those people that work so hard to create a great business, um, to look great themselves. Right. To, I, I want to help them do that, and I've always wanted to do that. I know, Bill, it's a lot of work to make people <laughs> Too much. <laughs> I would not say that, Rich. Man, I'm not feeling the love. <laughs> I, I'm still recovering from the Bill Summer. 
<laughs> that was Natalie's idea. <laughs> he blames Blame. me for everything now. Uh-huh. Just, just saying. <laughs> no, but I, I think a lot of people, a lot of businesses are still missing the boat on that. They are. They are. They they are, and um, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Yeah. Not not because they don't understand that. It's that they don't know how to get started. They don't know who to go to, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and they feel um, well. I can give you an example. Where I'm working with a company, and we've been talking for the better part of a month. Um, and she is she is not understanding how we get started. So mm-hmm. we she yeah. wants to do everything by email, but we are I'm saying let me come in and do a deep dive with you. Let yeah. let's talk face to face. And I can tell you how to create a shot list. I can tell you where we're gonna get started, what time of day is gonna be best to do this. I can make all this become real for you, whereas um she's just afraid of the process a little bit. But that there is no fear when we're working with us because we know how to um, start working with you. We know the procedures. We know how to make it easy right. for you. And that that's one of the things that um, differentiates Robin and my ends of the business because I deal with companies that most of the time they just want to know if you can do the particular job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to get as involved as much in the personality aspect as I used to when I did the weddings. Obviously, that was right. maximum personality. Yeah. This is basically dealing with a marketing person or a project manager or somebody like that. Can you do this on this date? And can you turn it around within 24 hours? can you hours? turn it around <laughs> yesterday? Yes, usually that's it. And that's usually the, the toughest criteria. They want it right away. Yeah. They, they thought about it for months. They've got their ideas. They know what they want you to do. Can you do it, and can you get it to us right away? So that end of the business is still time, very time-sensitive, and uh, I don't mind that. I've, I've worked under timelines my whole life, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't have to deal with the personality aspects that Robin does now. Got more power to you. But I love it. To Robin, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Ha- I love, I it love and- talking with business owners yeah. because they, just like we're talking right now, everybody has a story. And mm-hmm. a business is kind of like your baby and you're mm-hmm. raising it. And, um, you know, you always want to have the best school pictures <laughs> for your, your child. So, um, but that that's a lot of what I do. I, um, I bring along people who have never dealt with a professional photographer before maybe they don't have an art director um when i shoot for magazines i find that to be some of the um the easiest work kind of like um bill working with um architects um an art director for um, a magazine they already know what they want who Mm -hmm. they want when they want it and how many inside assets, visual assets, and uh, whether the cover is going to be vertical or horizontal. You know, they, they have it all laid out. But um, when I'm dealing with business owners, it can be a little bit of a different progress or yeah. a process there. They're, they're learning how to get what they want from me. Are there times where you just said, no? We, we can't do it because a customer is just too hard to work with. We have that. No, we no have, not, we, not too hard to work with customer. No, no. But a, a good example is what we're going through right now with yeah. the, uh, the, this company. Uh, I'll let you talk. You've dealt yeah. with them. Yeah. But it's a job that I would have to do. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm t- I'm saying no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm saying no because it's a drone job and it's it's in a lot of airspace too close to BWI, things Ooh. like that, and I can't do that. I'd yeah. get my right. li- license pulled and we'd have a $10,000 fine. And I'm not <laughs> in the mood for either of those. So no. that so yes, we we yeah. do tell so we, we do, do tell people no. People. But um, I can't think of anybody else that we've turned away okay. um, that we haven't been able to work with. Because so, I, I know there's times, well, like you said, you, you just, you can't do it. No. You know, it, it's, and it sometimes would, you'll be at, you know, that customer will be at it. And they're like, no, no, we want you to do it. Well, no. They really do you, want us to do they, it, they but they really don't understand do it, their airspace. But I, I said, we have the capability to do it, but I that drone, I can take it up a maximum of 400 feet. Right. And what they want is a series of things photographed that would require at least 1,000 feet. And that's yeah. it. I can't go up in airspace like no. that because that's there's a there's a gap. Four hundred feet above ground level is as high as I can go. Planes, helicopters can go as low as five hundred feet. So there's a hun- only a hundred feet in between of open airspace that neither one of us will go into. Planes obviously or helicopters yeah. when they're landing, but drones are not supposed to go above four hundred feet AGL as they call it above ground level. Right and. Uh, to, to do what they want they were they were showing us pictures from google earth i said i said well that's a satellite <laughs> i said that's how high that is i said yeah it's pretty easy to do it with that i said but i said drone no i said i can't do it now we've we're done trying to, we're trying to modify it we are for them we are trying but right. we'll, we'll see what, what we can do <laughs> how many but, drones have you been through I, 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 as any good drone person will tell you, I crashed one of them. <laughs> oh, I would. I oh, think, oh, I that, think that, about that's the, the crashing, well, I'm thinking of birds and everything. Oh, no, that's the one that didn't come back. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lost a GPS on an early drone. It went in the side of a hill, and I never did recover it. It's in a tree up in a mountain somewhere. <laughs> so north of Harrisburg, if anybody can yes. climb this <laughs> hill, find our drone for us, That was please. a frightful experience, I'll tell you, and a $1,600 lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. God. Now, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, everybody's got a good drone crash story <laughs> somewhere in their repertoire, or they're not considered a professional drone pilot. I don't. <laughs> because oh, you, I don't have a uh, drone. Have a drone. Oh. <laughs> no, it, my wife it, probably wouldn't let me get one. She's well, she like my driving is. <laughs> now I will say, in all my defense, there it was an early drone model, and this and the GPS and all was not quite as stable as it has become over the years. And thank goodness it was something that went into a hill as opposed to a house. That's, that's all yeah, I'll say. That'd be good. <laughs> Ooh, but yeah, uh, that would I've, not be good. Oh, I, I've had guys tell me they have them fall in the rivers, um, hit sides of buildings, uh, bridges. Um, so I feel lucky that mine just went into a hill and didn't do any damage of any type. Something very important. How do people get in touch with you guys so they can get some professional work done? You can go to our website. Well, that's, that's always a, a good way. Good way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Midatlanticphotographic.com. Uh, you can call us. My phone number is on there. It is uh, my cell phone, and I answer it. So um, that's a great way. You can email us. Any, uh, you can also go to the Chamber directory, find us there. Mm-hmm. And we are at a lot of networking <laughs> events, so you can find us there in person. You can find you anywhere. So, you and speaking anywhere. of the Chamber, so how long have you guys been in the Chamber? 
Well, well Bill I, joined I, early. I actually, when I came up to Hartford County in 1989, and uh, I joined the chamber in uh, 1990, 91, uh, 90 or 91. Uh, it's unclear at this point. And mm-hmm. I operated under positive images by Rettberg for years as a chamber member. And then when Robin came in. Um, I started Images of Summer. And basically, uh, at that point, we let her be the business that was in the chamber. Right. So, and Robin is, is a, a joiner. Uh, I am not. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been a solid. I, I, I am where I'm supposed to be now. I enjoy being just the person out there. Right. Robin likes to get involved a lot more than me, and she got heavily involved in the chamber for many years and um, rose up to chair, board chair, mm-hmm. and uh, was member of the year and in the Hall of Fame. So that is, they are credentials she carries to this day. So if uh, you want somebody that supports the chamber, obviously I do, but Robin has put her heart into it. I join things I believe in. Right. And right now I'm on the library board. I joined that because I believed in it, or I do believe in it. But I, when, after I started... Um, joining when I joined the chamber in 1997 when I started my business uh it, it was that was Bill's first piece of advice as a business person join the chamber <laughs> join yeah. the smart, chamber smart bit of advice. and it was very awesome. smart mm-hmm. so I joined and I started uh, immediately working through um, all of the committees and I joined a lot of committees I did a lot of hard work and then I was on the board for 10 years and then chair of the board and then um emeritus and um and so i haven't been on a lot of um committees right over the you know in the last couple of years but i joined brn business resource network which is a chamber leads group Mm -hmm. um, that meets weekly so what you're telling me is you've been active I've been active. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Yeah. And, and I am a tremendous supporter of the chamber. Uh, we both are. Yeah. Yes, uh, we we, we are. believe in chambers because mm-hmm. it's it's a it's the best source for business to business contact. And the nicest thing about it is people that are in the chamber, especially one like the Hartford County Chamber, which is a large group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but large. at the same time, people know you because Hartford County is still provincial enough that if they know you, they know you. But right. if you're a member of the chamber or some of the other groups that you're constantly running around and, and seeing the same people and all, people get comfortable with you. And if they need your service, they're more comfortable going with that because it still can get around if you're not on the good side of the right. fence. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's and, one thing I love about the chamber yeah, is that too. especially if you're if, if you're um, a young professional. Mm hmm. Being a part of the chamber, in a way, teaches you how to be a business person because you have a lot of great, great role models. Oh, God, yeah. And Mm -hmm. there's an expectation that you are going to be um, a a good business person, too, and that you're going to be reliable and that you're going to represent yourself well and you're going to network with people and support the county and support other people Mm -hmm. as well. So um, the the chamber's great for that. But the chamber, I think something that maybe the chamber doesn't get enough credit for is their hard legislative work. Oh, God, yes. So much much legislation goes on (laughs) down there that doesn't necessarily benefit 
business people or businesses. So <laughs> the to have an advocate like the Hartford County Chamber of mm-hmm. Commerce, um, they, they're just tremendous. The legislative committee is very, very active. Angela is very active. Oh, Angela Rose. <laughs> and um, I, I just can't say enough for their advocacy for the rest of the for the businesses in the county. Yeah. yeah and one of the things I, I and I want to get your comment on this, Robin, because as being co-chair of the membership committee, one of the things I hate hearing is and seeing is when a business leaves the chamber and they'll say mm-hmm. because they haven't gotten anything out of it. Well, I was on the membership committee for many, 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 many years, and I was chair of the membership committee. And I remember getting those comments, too. Uh And so then I would ask them, when was the last time you went to a luncheon? How many luncheons did you go to last year? How many networking events did you go to? How many coffee and connections did you go to? The the monthly morning coffee um, networking Mm-hmm. group. Um, and invariably, I would hear, I went to the, just, I went to a luncheon right after I joined. I met a few people, and they were really nice. I said, good, did you come back? Well, I or got busy the next month. Yes. <laughs> did you follow up? Did you keep their mm-hmm. business cards? Did you invite them to go out to lunch? Did, um, there invariably, people were just not working their membership. Right. They weren't, um, t- they weren't, taking that next step with all the people that they just met. And so when we were, I was in membership committee, we did everything we could to reach out to people to see, make sure that there was a second luncheon Mm -hmm. and a third and a fourth and a fifth. Because when you work your membership, it works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think think when COVID came and, you know, we were doing a lot of stuff virtual and we still do some things virtual. And people still aren't taking advantage of that. Well, you know what? I would like to say something about the chamber during COVID. Mm-hmm. I, the, during when all of the businesses shut down, and ours shut down too, because if we can't be in front of people or be in, in their businesses, we aren't doing anything. Right. We, can't, we can't photograph them if they're not in their uh, doing business. Um, the chamber stepped up in a way that I could not have imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, they helped businesses get um, get connected to the PPP loans. They um, made sure that any questions that we had about the process, that anybody had about the process, they were answered immediately. And um, it, it was even right down to um, Heather did um, trivia yes. every Friday night. Yeah, happy hour and trivia. And I, happy which hour trivia, into. which we got into. <laughs> and I can't tell you how much... That helped fun. our morale. Yeah. yeah, just to interact with people. But it was a fun point. interaction. But then, um, but they, uh, but the chamber also did a really fantastic job of um, setting up virtual events so yeah. they were really well done. It wasn't, you know, people weren't backlit and you couldn't see them and you couldn't hear them. There was good lighting. I, I these were things that I appreciated that it had a professional look to it. And that people wouldn't strain to see or hear mm-hmm. what was going on. I think the chamber did just a fantastic job. Natalie, you know what this means? You got to bring back the happy hour virtual trivia. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, I know to, everybody just loved to it. Nick it was a lot of fun. Yes, she won every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Still love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was very good. Very good. 
I think I won maybe one time. I won one time. That Did was you? it. Yeah, Did you win? No. <laughs> well, I think Heather rigged it because I, all I kept asking for is like 60s, 70s music. That's what Bill wanted. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. They never threw anything in our wheelhouse, yeah. did they, Rich? Yeah, they were asking what, pop so, give, give me those 61 stuff. hit wonders. I'll take them. <laughs> <Yeah. all. laughs> Do you so, hear that, Natalie? There's your next topic. There we go. Topic. Now I have category ideas. <laughs> so when's the first one? <laughs> we'll uh, see. Oh, don't Uh-oh. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Maybe we'll get something in the works. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. But during something. the pandemic, it was it, pretty it sweet. Did work. It, was. it was. It was it a nice was. way to see people. Yeah. At, at a very and, tough and, time. And, and actually, and we were still getting new members. That's, That's the thing. true. We That's were true. still getting new members. Uh, even Coffee and Connections was virtual, or not Coffee and Connections, well, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. For, it yeah. was virtual, well, but then it went outside in the yeah. parking lot, yeah. which mm-hmm. was, that was pretty neat, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to finally be able to see people in person without masks on, You we stayed six feet away, and you I'll, know, but how many people did you have there, at that one? 90? There was, there was a... Yeah, it's hard to keep track of them now. <laughs> Every it was, month uh, is it was bigger packed. and better. And uh, the reason I say that is because... It shows the popularity mm-hmm. of something where people will come out, and I like the idea of doing it on location too, by the way. I think that's yeah. a great idea, and have the sponsorships. But at the same time, um, when I first saw the number of people in there, I said, <laughs> my God, we're going to be here all day. No, <laughs> no, it was great. It, it ran around, and however many people it was, everybody got in, and uh, and they had time left over. Some of the people, I think, took a tour of the school after, after that, uh, but... At the same time, everybody got their elevator speech in. Uh, the crowd was very receptive, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's yeah. why I even said to Robin, I said, we're going to do the one next month. Mm-hmm. I said, because this is really a good avenue. I was shocked at how many people. I thought it would be like 20 or 30. Uh, it was packed. We used to do them a long time. We used to do them when it was in the boardroom, and there were 20 to well, I remember people. going to them, and there would be yeah. – uh, Back in the early 90s, and there'd be like 10 people yeah. in the boardroom, <laughs> and you go around and you talk, and then, but then you chit-chat it afterwards. So you actually made pretty good they, connections. They it just wasn't a, a, a crowd. It's evolved, work. but it, it has evolved, and but the popularity of it. And, and I'm happy to see that the elevator speeches are still relevant. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not it's not an antiquated idea to be able to tell people what you do in 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you need yeah. to be able to do I that. I talk to people. <laughs> well, that's I the do. gist right <laughs> no yeah coffee but that's, but that's what people do sometimes they'll, they'll just yeah. say um we do uh whatever they do and i think personalize it a little bit mm-hmm. to the people that you're trying to appeal to it's not what we do it's what we do for you mm-hmm. you need us because <laughs> see they they I'm just used to being in front of people my whole life, so I mean, it's easy for me, but I understand people aren't all geared that stand in front of a crowd and go, oh. <laughs> well, no, even if you're not, I'm one of those people that I'm, I'm not the stand in front of the crowd type, but I think Coffee and Connections has become my favorite event. Mm-hmm. It's great to see everybody every month. We always have new faces. It's always great to see. And the connections that are made there are so much deeper than just a networking event like we've had people you know people come out and they give their 30 second elevator pitch and you know as they're wrapping up they're getting volunteers you know people nonprofits are giving their pitch for their next Mm -hmm. event and they're already getting volunteers to come out and sponsor it or 
That's you know, awesome. We've had, um, I believe it, it was one one month we had Habitat for Humanity where they were mm-hmm. building a couple of new houses and um, the, a roofer volunteered to donate the work and just it's all happening right yeah. there within an hour. It's incredible. If you haven't been to Coffee and Connections yet, you definitely need to come out. And I think that's well, the amazing part where all those people, it's still finished up in an hour because yeah. I really didn't think they'd get all those people in that quick. But everybody stayed right in line and uh, Angela <laughs> kind of kept it on <laughs> <her> <laughs> control <laughs> there. We try yeah. to keep it down to an hour. Yeah. But you know what? There's but. the magic of networking, mm-hmm. right? They're happening right in front of you. People are talking to each other face-to-face, and that's what I love about Hartford County. There's there's such a generosity there. People are willing to roll up their sleeves, volunteer their time, for, um, to, so the so for the nonprofits to be able to gain those volunteers, people to um, practice their elevator pitch, uh, it's yeah. it's just it can all happen right there. But it's it happens only if you work it. You've got to show up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and speaking of nonprofits, because this is something that I see missing from the chamber. Not as many nonprofits are members that I would love to see. Mm-hmm. Explain to everybody well to the people that are in nonprofits that are listening <laughs> why is it why it's important that if you're in a nonprofit to be a member of the chamber i think natalie just gave a really great mm. example as <laughs> to uh, why they should be in the chamber there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people out there looking for something meaningful to do <laughs> with their time yeah. and they're looking for ways to get their their companies involved um, with with things that mean something to them mm-hmm. and uh, for the nonprofits to get in front of all of those businesses I think they can make incredible connections that way and um, get a lot of notoriety get, uh, oh, get yeah. noticed absolutely because there are there are quite a few nonprofits that I've um, there they could be new nonprofits but or they can just have their their segment of yeah. the population that they work with and that that's uh, that supports them but a wider audience don't you think natalie oh yeah for sure i think i mean we the few nonprofits that we do have as chamber members i think uh one of their favorite things is our events calendar everybody loves the events calendar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but it's a great benefit with the harford county chamber is you get access to that member information center you get access mm-hmm. to that portal to be able to post your events and your press releases and your promotions and whatever else it might be. Um, we have nonprofits doing that all the time. And it's just, it's one more channel. It's one more place that you might get a different audience than you normally would posting it on your own website or your own social media or wherever that might be. Uh, you're reaching a different, different group of people, new eyes. Um, and I, yeah, there's, I don't think there's any reason not to be a part of the chamber. Oh, there's not. There's not. I believe everybody should. Th- I be. think that's definitely a favorite Even if you're from a solopreneur. You know. Oh, for you sure. Be a m- member. I Even mean, more so. Sense. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can get stuck in your own little silo uh, in mm. your office if you're if you're a sole uh, proprietor and not have enough connection with people outside of your little world. So, mm-hmm. I think it's even more important if you are a, a, a sole proprietor. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Harford Business Beat. If you're a member of the Chamber and you would like to come on the podcast, just contact me. Email rbennett, that's two N's, two T's, at harfordcountyliving.com. Again, rbennett 
at HarfordCountyLiving.com, or you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, and we'll go ahead and get it scheduled and get you set up so you can come on, you can tell everybody about your business, whether they're in the chamber or not, they're going to find out more about you. Again, R. Bennett at HarfordCountyLiving.com. Until next time, my name is Rich Bennett with Harford County Living. Stay safe and stay busy.